Previously recorded from 500 miles beneath the surface of the moon. It's Johnny Mumble's Riffs Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into the cheesiest of cheesiest movies. I'm producer Zaina, your co-hostess with the mostest, and how can I eat lasagna when I got kebab? And without further ado, a man who once beat on an octopus in eight straight arm wrestling matches Johnny Mumbles thank you thank you producer Zana thank you and thank you thank you and thank you I'm gonna say eight times because we just saw a movie about an octopus and thank you and thank you Mr. Microphone for picking up my voice when I raise it a little bit that's what I think I need to do a little bit more on these podcasts um so yeah it's uh the Johnny Mumbles Wrist podcast and I'm warming up over here well warming up uh on the surface of the moon which I claim to be from, but I'm not. Well, I'm just going to stick with that story. We just watched uh, Octoman. It's a very, very interesting movie. And um, So, yeah, in the never-ending experience of podcasting, I um, kind of wrote down some keywords that uh, that we went over, but my co-host has left me for the second, so it looks like I'm going to fly solo for now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we did write down some key elements that we, we thought of the, the movie, um... Yeah, so uh, when we get to that part, we'll get to it. But first, a brief synopsis, of course. This is Octoman, which is a 1971... It claims to be a Mexican movie, but I, 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 I seriously doubt that, given the production. It looks like a lot of the stuff was stock footage. And um, anyways, yeah, Octoman. Um, hey, where's my co-host? She just walked off in the nowhere. I was, t- I was telling the, the one listener that we have... I that got kidnapped by an octopus. You got kidnapped by an octopus. <laughs> And I was telling the one viewer that we, the viewer, well, technically they're listening, right? Yes. Right? Because we're on Apple, we're an Apple podcast now. Yes. And we're also on, um, Yay. what's the other one? Spotify? I think so. We're on Spotify too. Um, but nobody's listening anyways. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, but I was telling the, the listener 
at home that we're gonna um, also like over some kind of key ideas but i was gonna run down a synopsis of the movie first sure sound good yeah. i've seen how hot it is today but we're on the moon so technically it can't be hot under the moon not unless you know can we be hot under the moon you can be yeah so okay so um the keywords that we're going to no talk. no we're not gonna talk about the keywords right now i'm gonna do the synopsis while you were oh. off getting abducted by an octopus i was hoping <laughs> for it on the show oh, okay Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> so here, here's the rundown. During a scientific expedition in Mexico, some scientist folks, including Dr. Rick and Dr. Lowry, discover unhealthy amounts of radiation are present in the water. They encounter a small, weird-looking octopus that can crawl on land. Dr. Rick pawns the creature off on Johnny, the circus guy. If at this point Octoman strikes and makes his first kill, it's at this point that he does strike and make his first kill. Easy for me to say. And um, we also meet uh, villager Davido, and he, where he learned the legend of the Octoman, and he's a half-human, half-octopus hybrid. And in the meantime, some scientists find another mutant octopus, and we learn that the Octoman has murdered again. Johnny witnesses the attack and wants the bigger creature for his circus. The crew decide to go searching for Octoman at the lake, and during the altercation, Dr. Lowry is captured by the monster. However, the crew concocts a plan, concocts a plan, to light a ring of gasoline around it to suffocate the monster, which I'm not sure really would work, but they tried anyways. It works and Dr. Lowry is freed. The crew tranquilizes and captures the monster. Unfortunately, a thunderstorm revives it and it gets away. Uh, Davido tracks the Octoman to a cave. The crew is able to seemingly track Octoman in the cave and escape with their lives. All seems fine, but somehow Octoman is waiting for them in the RV. In order to spare her friends, Dr. Lowry allows herself to be captured, but aha, alas, she has a gun and shoots off the man who goes into the lake and seemingly dies, but doesn't really imply there. So that was Octoman man in a nutshell, but there were some um, ideas that we wanted to go over. And uh, so I'm going to let you go first with your uh, key ideas and uh, we'll just go back and forth. We'll riff with it. Okay. So my first question is, um, there was, there was a green little tiny octopus at the beginning, or a few of like a tiny little ones. Mm -hmm. So what are those like the small ones are like? Are were they related to the big one? Um, so I wasn't sure. I can't relate why they had a little tiny ones. You know, uh, I think that it was trying to imply that these little octopuses were probably the children of Octoman. It wasn't really clear, but um, that's what I'm assuming that they were. These little, okay. these little rubber man, these little rubber guys. Okay, and then the Octoman was looking for a mate. I think so. I think that's what Dr. Lowry was for. I think it was she was serving as sort of that mate figure. Okay. So that was the first thing you had to say. No, and also. I well, we're gonna go back and forth. So, do you want me to go next? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay, so the next part, I was just gonna say that um, that there's a lot of makeup kills in this movie. Like whenever the monster attacks somebody and he and he kills people, uh huh, and he just sort of slaps them. Yeah. Have you noticed that? I noticed the face. Yeah. So he slaps them, but um, I was I actually wrote down a note that I don't think that the the makeup looks that bad. The makeup, the 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 scene that. He slapped the face of a man, and then part of the face came off. Actually, the makeup wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. It was more real. looked like real. Yeah. But there was another scene that didn't look that real to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think it is a tribute to, and we're gonna get a little bit into it more later. But um, this was a, a movie that Rick Baker worked on, and Rick Baker let, later went on to a lot more good stuff. But you're gonna talk about later that, that in the trivia. But I would, like I said, um, I don't think that the makeup was terrible. No, it was, it was, it was pretty okay decent for the year. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. You had another note. Another note was actually my second note was about the makeup. Mm -hmm. The one that hit the guy on the face, but mm -hmm. then the one that uh, the eye pop out wasn't that kind of good to me. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that real? What do you think? The the effect wasn't good. The eye, yeah. I, I thought it looked. Thing. I mean, I thought it. Like I said too, I thought it looked pretty decent. Okay. I thought. I thought. No, I mean, just saying, like from a point of view from a 1971 movie, it doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look great, but it doesn't look terrible. For 1971 standards, I'm pretty sure that was high tech. Okay. But that's just my opinion. All right. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible either. Um, <laughs> another note that I have is that the creature does not look bad from far away. Like, if you notice in certain... And you could disagree with me on this, because I think that up close, he looks like garbage. <laughs> but whenever they show him, like, sort of, like, behind the, the, the night sky, he actually doesn't... He looks actually pretty decent. It does, but just as you said, from the far. Yeah, so that was and my next note. But go I think for me, the fire scene, the, the one that they tried to, the girl tried to actually burn the monster. And then what happened to the fire? I mean, one scene it shows that there is a fire and then the next scene shows that there is not. I mean... Kind of like was wondering what happened did you catch that moment? yeah it's one of those things like where they, i guess they're trying to imply that maybe because he's like a like a water-based animal like maybe he's going to suffocate from the fumes but i don't know if that's real science if uh i mean can you really suffocate a, a marine animal you're, you're probably more into this stuff than i am so mm, i'm not sure i don't know about like fumes like does that yeah no that makes sense but then but they don't be boxing, there you know? was a scene that there was a fire they tried to burn, um, the girl tried to burn um, the, the monster, but then mm. all of a sudden there's no scene of the fire. So I'm talking yeah. about that, but it's okay. Okay. And my final note is that uh, there's a lot of inconsistent weather stuff in this movie. Um, there's some thunderstorm sounds, even though it's completely sunny outside and doesn't like there's, it's like a very cloudy day. Yeah. And then also too, there's scenes where like they just jump cut from like night to day, like really quickly. And I don't know if that's just... Uh, continuity. We'll talk about that. In okay, we'll talk about. You got that more than trivia. Yes. Okay. So, anyways, speaking of, um, actually, we're, uh, we did to the keyword. So you know what that means, and your favorite song is going to come up right now. Yay! You know which one it is. Don't you know? <laughs> Don't you know? If I could press it. <laughs> it's time for what's up trivia. It's time for what's up trivia. We got some of us IMGP and some TV. Yeah, it's time for lots of trivia. Oh, yeah! Don't you know? Okay, this is the first film for makeup effects legend Rick Baker. Baker, of course, is the inaugural Academy Award winner for Best Makeup. He won this award for the 1981 classic An American Werewolf in London. He also won the award again for Harry and the Hendersons. Ed Wood, the naughty professor, Men in Black, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and The Wolfman. Yes, I remember all those movies. I loved the naughty professor and I loved 
Ed Wood. The Nutty Professor, though, was what I called it, I remember. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so he's been around for a long time, Rick Baker. And actually, I think it, I think he's recently retired. Nice. So it's cool. It's kind of cool knowing that he later went. So all these films, they um, he actually won like an Academy Award film for. So he went from this rubber monster to to basically, you know, he's like the most famous makeup guy now. They they pretty much invented the award for American Horror from London. Mm, nice. Yeah. A brief clip from the climactic final attack scene later appeared in the 1985 horror film *Fright Night*. In the film, Roddy McDowell introduces the scene as being from a fictional movie called *Mars Needs Flesh*. The movie also briefly appears in the 1990 movie *Gremlins 2* as *Attack of the Octopus People*, as well as appearing in the title video for the Vivitronic theme song. Saturday night at the movies that you made. Yeah, I did make it. You did make it. I did make it. Yeah. And I did insert Octoman into the beginning. Nice. Okay. Reed Morgan is the guy in the Octoman costume. He could only see through a small pair of holes in the forehead of the monster head. With, uh, with vision so limited, the performance movements had to be very careful. As to not damage the suit, this is why the monster moves um, in such a lumbering way. Morgan was actually a legitimate actor and appeared without makeup in Back to the Future playing a cop and on the Twilight Zone playing Lefty and the classic episode What You Need. Yeah, that, that, I thought that was a cool fact too because the guy that's actually stuck in this monster costume, I've actually seen, he's actually in one of the, one of the, cooler episodes of the twilight zone and he, he's not wearing like any latex or nothing he's just mm. he's like literally like a legitimate actor so i don't know why he was reduced to playing um you know something you can't see yeah in this movie so i thought that was kind of cool i mean i don't know imagine like going to film school or not film school going to acting school for like four years and then you play octoman mm-hmm. that's cool <laughs> the first shot what was it his first one? No, it wasn't his first. He was actually do, doing acting for 20 years before Octoman, showing his face. Oh, wow. He was on the Twilight Zone, okay, which was in the 1950s. So I thought that was a cool fact. Despite being called Octoman, the monster said only has six arms. Naturally, only two of the arms are functional, thanks to the actor inside the suit. A lower pair was loosely attached to the actor's arms to help hold them up and thus look somewhat more imposing. Although some sharp-eyed viewers will point out that the Octoman suit actually does have eight um, tentacles. Two small ones branch off the leg tentacles just above the ankle to complete the octet. Star Pierre Angeli, who played Dr. Lowry, died of a barbiturate overdose shortly after production was finished. That's sad. Yeah. She was only 39. I heard she actually got uh, addicted to like a, what are those, pain pills or something? It's like it was, she wasn't like a heroin person, but I guess she got addicted to pain medication. Did she, was she 39 in the movie? She, I mean, I don't know what age she's playing. She's obviously playing a more mature woman, but... She looked a lot older than 39. Well, maybe it was because of what happened. Mm. I mean, you know, rest her soul. She was more well-known for her portrayal of Teresa in the 1951 movie of the same name, Teresa. 
She won a Golden Globe for his, for this performance. For Teresa, not Octoman. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't terrible in Octoman, though. No, She did her terrible. job. Director-writer Harry Essex also wrote the 1954 classic Creature from the Black Lagoon, which bears a number of similarities to Octoman. Same uh, premise, however, the creature from the Black Lagoon is so admired and loved as one of the classic Universal monster movies. Yeah, that's a... Uh, so, I just learned this when we were watching the movie, but the guy that played da Davido... Davido? Uh-huh. Um, he's actually was the son of um, Harry Essex, so I can imagine why he got in this movie. I mean, I, I mean... It's, you know, like, this is one of those things, especially, too, after last week's movie. I, I don't think it was totally 100% terrible. But um, you could definitely tell that, you know, that, 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 I mean, the only reason why Davido was cast in this movie is because of, uh, uh, he was the son of the director, Harry. Mm -hmm. So, Although heavily promoted as a film in Mexico, that's only really where the stock footage came from. The majority of the film was shot in California, including Griffin Park and Universal Studio. That's interesting. That's awesome. I mean, they should have still gone to Mexico, but that's cool. Yeah. There are many goof and continuity errors in Octoman, including numerous scenes that were intended to be filmed at night, changes between night and day, mm -hmm. as the scenes cut from one camera to another. I got that. When battling the Octoman on the river, one of his tentacles is severed. Moments later, when the Octoman is seen on shore, all of his tentacles are intact mm, I missed that I one didn't, yeah I missed that too yeah early in the movie as the group is dr driving and the motorhome into what appears to be Mexico they notice a cheetah haha mm -hmm. -ha, which is only indigenous to Africa and parts of the Middle East yeah I, I caught that one and shots from Octoman's point of view suggest a compound eye, yet Octoman's pupil does not have a compound structure. Even if it did, the separate elements of a compound, compound eye act as a pixel in a vision field, not a repeated set of smaller images. Yeah, I kept on seeing some of the Riffatronic comments. People just thought the monster was drunk. So mm -hmm. maybe he was drunk? Maybe. And at minute 49, Rick tells Stevie the fire in the ring around Octoman will burn up the oxygen all around him. That statement is patently absurd without a containment vessel surrounding the monster. Interesting. The movie is usually panned whenever reviewed. Fred Belding from All Movie gave the film a negative review, writing... Though the silly robber suit affords the viewer a fair amount of yaks, Octoman is a cheap, sluggish vehicle that gets tiresome long before the monster finally gives up and dies. Mm. And Bad Day for Night shooting renders many sequences murky and hard to decipher. Yeah, I agree. On his website, Fantastic Movie, Movie Musings and Ramblings, Dave... Sidler called the film dull and repetitive. Yeah, I, I agree it's on true. this one because we were yawning like the last fifteen minutes of this one. It was it was really boring. I yeah, I was I had a hard time to really yeah. kind of keep my attention. Yeah, I was. On movie. I was dying. And complained that the film was too dark. True. It was. 
making it difficult to see any of the action. Uh, I'm sorry, Johnny, help me. Uh, Singular also criticized. You're crit good. Yeah, uh, criticized the film's lack of pacing on interesting characters and design of the title monster. Interesting. True. Okay, and Red Central wrote, Octoman I recommend strictly for fans of old school monster movies and cult cinema, as well as bad movie aficionados. Johnny, help me. Aficionados. Thank you, aficionados. And even then, there is a part of me that suggests you be prepared to fast forward when things get bogged down with dry, talky dialogue and a needlessly long cave searching scene that only results in the characters ending up pretty much back where they started. That is very true. That is true. So Optiman, like, I mean, so, you know, it's one of those movies where I think that, like, especially, too, after seeing some of the, the bad movies that we've shown over Fatronic, I think it's kind of, I mean, it's one of those double-edged swords because it's not, I mean, it does follow a sort of, a sort of linear plot like it's one of those movies that I would have expected to find a mystery science theater like in the 1990s um, but that being said it is like it's one of those ones where it's got some great uh, maybe two second clips uh, but in a nutshell it's, it's it's pretty boring I mean I wouldn't really like say it's something that um, unless you're around with a group of friends and you just want to like riff on a movie and have fun with it I would just say that's what it is it's nothing it's nothing I, I would probably ever, you know, play again. But, I mean, it's not it's not terrible like, you know, some of the movies we've seen. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> that being said, this has been Octoman. This is the Johnny Mumbles Risk Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm here with producer Zaina. And I'm Zaina. Thank you for listening. Or if you're not listening, I hope you listen. Well said. Podcast. Well said. It's Saturday <laughs> night. It's up the movies. We're gonna head on out and uh, thanks for listening.
It's time for lots of trivia. It's time for lots of trivia. It's time for lots of trivia. It's time for lots of 